Hello and welcome to The Coworking Club, a podcast for female business owners who want to work for themselves, not by themselves. I'm your host Jessica Perry and each week I'll be chatting to a new guest all about the realities of running your own business, sharing tips and tricks for dealing with the loneliness and isolation that comes with working from home, as well as discussing the benefits of building community through co-working. So what are you waiting for? Come and join the club. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of The Coworking Club. I'm so happy to have you here and today I have a guest episode to share with you which I'm very excited about. This is someone that I've wanted to get on the podcast ever since I launched it and we finally got to sit down and chat last week. So today's guest is Holly Bray who is an online marketing coach for product and service-based businesses. So Holly's someone that I've followed online for a long time now. We actually both went self-employed around the same time. So we've been keeping a close eye on each other's businesses and how we've been doing. And we've actually had the pleasure of meeting up a couple of times as well, which has been lovely. So yeah, it was really nice to catch up last week and find out about where she's at in her business right now. If you don't know her already, alongside all of her amazing marketing tips, Holly is also a massive advocate for productivity, time efficiency, as well as having a very positive mindset within business. I was so excited to get the inside scoop on all of her productivity tips. So in this episode, we chat all about how calendar blocking can help you to become a much more productive business owner. Holly's approach to content creation, including her amazing simplified system, as well as why working on your mindset is such an important part of running a business. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. I absolutely love chatting to Holly and listening to it back as well. And I hope that it leaves you feeling motivated and inspired to go and get productive today. So yeah, without further ado, here is the conversation. Hi Holly, thanks so much for having me here today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for coming. It's a pleasure. So do you want to get started by telling us a little bit about yourself, your career history and the background behind your business? Yes, I'll try and tell you the short version. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm Holly Bray and I am an online marketing and business coach for product and service-based business owners. So a big part of the work that I do is all about helping business owners learn how to market themselves more effectively, generate leads, make more sales, but without adding more to the schedule. So I put a big focus on the smart marketing strategies I don't believe you have to be everywhere to make an impact it's all about focusing on what's really working in your business and so the way that I do that is through one-on-one coaching with clients and through my group coaching program as well the busy to boss academy and how I got started it is quite long-winded so I will (laughs) I will try and keep it short so in 2012 I came out of a very bad breakup and I decided to start a blog. And so it's really interesting actually because I finished uni in 2012 and that's when I was going to start my master's degree. Mm -hmm. But I felt so lost. I wasn't 100% sure. And so I took a year out to do some freelance, gain some experience. And then I started the degree, the master's degree in 2013. And that's when I met Tom Mm -hmm. who's my now husband Mm -hmm. and so it's weird to look back and think if I'd have gone straight into it would I have met him yeah it's so bizarre so started the blog um started my master's degree in 2013 in magazine journalism and built the blog up alongside that so I was a lifestyle blog as everybody starts out as Mm -hmm. just you know a lifestyle blog and then there was a couple of moments at the start of that course in one class I remember the tutor saying hands up if you've got if you've got a blog and I was like yes I do (laughs) and no one else put their hand up and I was like oh this is interesting and then in another class I remember before the lesson started I was scheduling some tweets on Buffer and a guy said to me like oh what are you doing Holly and I said I'm just scheduling tweets and he was like what 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 do you mean how how are you doing that and that was a massive light bulb moment for me 
And that's when I made the transition like pretty much immediately into a digital marketing blog. And I was basically a sponge for two years, just (laughs) soaking up all the information, enrolling on courses, just trying to learn as much as I could about the industry. And then I got my first full-time job in 2014. And between in that year, between 2014 and 2015, I had four different jobs and I left those. My dad always jokes and says like, you had four jobs in a year and I've had like four in my lifetime. I'm the exact same. Yeah. My CV is all over the place. Yeah. I worry now <laughs> if I look like I was like, I've not updated my CV in so long. Um, and, you know, I left those for different reasons. You know, the commute was too long. Um, most of them I wasn't, just wasn't very treated very well. I was very undervalued, underappreciated. And it got to a point where I was thinking, I don't think this is the right path for me. Mm-hmm. Like, ding, 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 something's not quite right. And so 2015, I actually found a job I really liked and I stayed there for two years. And it was at that point where I saw people offering social media management services and thought I could do this potentially Mm -hmm. so April 2017 was when I got my first client and then July 2017 I handed in my notice and went full-time so it actually happened quite quickly I was quite it happened faster than I thought it would so I started out in social media management but that didn't last very long and then I soon made the transition to coaching Mm -hmm. and basically haven't looked back since so it's quite a story but it's all very pieced together quite nicely I think it's all led towards the what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. anyway definitely I Mm. feel like there are bits in there that I didn't know as well so there you go yeah nice to get some (laughs) added tidbits yeah (laughs) so alongside all of the amazing marketing advice you share on a daily basis your business is also extremely focused around productivity and time-saving hacks What is it about this topic that you're so passionate about? So there's a few different reasons for me. And one of them personally is that time and being present in the day is something that I'm very aware of. Mm -hmm. And I've always been the type of person that one of my biggest pet peeves is wasting time. I honestly hate it and I know hate is a strong word Um, I'm very punctual you won't see me late to anything like if I say I'm going to show up I will Mm -hmm. and so I'm very aware of the fact that you know we can grow more followers we can make more money but we can't make more time Mm -hmm. we don't have an infinite amount of that and so I think it's really important to know how to use it most effectively But then another reason I feel, and I've learned this more and more as I've grown through my career as a coach and as I've worked with different people, is that you could have the best strategies in the world, the best business model in the world, all the followers. But if your productivity systems and your mindset aren't nailed down, then it it won't matter. Mm -hmm. Like it's half the pizza, I say. You you need the productivity and you need your productivity habits in order to make the rest of the stuff work. And I feel like the reason I want to bring more awareness to it and why I maybe talk about it a lot more now than I used to is because sometimes I feel like a lot of people can teach productivity as a cookie cutter approach. And I think that it's not because we're all unique. We all work differently and it's really about knowing, okay, let's take this productivity method, but how can I make it work for me? And not Mm -hmm. just like step one, step two, but how it's going to work best for you. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Do you think this kind of approach stemmed from back when you were kind of juggling a lot of plates as well? Maybe when you had the full-time job, you're blogging on the side, trying to get a business up and running. Yeah. I I had to learn Mm -hmm. how to do it or else... I wouldn't have been able to get to where I am. Like I remember when I was in that transition period when I was working full time and still had and had client work, I would go to my day job, come home, have dinner, and work in the spare room until I went to bed. Like mm-hmm. that was my life for about three months. And it was really hard. It's not it's you know, it's not the sexy answer that people want to hear, but you and I think I heard, um, I think I've heard a couple of people say this on your podcast before, especially Kat comes to mind because I know she's like this, but you have to be willing to like 
do the work, get in the trenches, like mm-hmm. knuckle down, but how you manage everything and also your expectations of how you manage things, I think is really important to be aware of as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think also something I've spoken about with quite a few people is how you, the transition, I suppose, from going from spinning all of these plates, doing a full-time job alongside a side hustle. And then Mm. when you make the transition into your side hustle becomes your full-time job, suddenly you're faced with all of this extra time that you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can be easy to just spread things out do probably do the same amount of work but just spread it out more oh and yeah. you're not actually getting any anything more achieved you're just kind of you're being less productive you're getting less done mm. but you you don't know how to fill your time I suppose so that's yeah. where your approach is really valuable mm. and actually a client that came to mind when you were just saying that she has a full-time job but she's been cutting her hours down mm-hmm. and she said you know I could have filled that extra time by saying I'm going to make an extra YouTube video a week. I'm going to make an extra free piece of content. Mm -hmm. But she was in a way then she was just like, that's counterproductive because why don't I spend that working on something I can sell that earns me money? I'm not relying on something else. So it's looking at it from that approach as Mm -hmm. well and really thinking how you can best maximize that time as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So from an outside perspective, it does look like you're a master of plate spinning (laughs) and definitely one of the most efficient workers around. Have you always been this way or has it been kind of a learning curve for you as well? It's a bit of both. So the the really annoying answer is that I do think it's just part of my makeup as a human. Mm -hmm. I do think that not to say I was born this way is quite strong, but I definitely think like I was talking to my mum about this the other day and she was saying she remembers when I was in high school and I'd always make a plan for when I was going to do my homework. I had a revision timetable. I was that really nerdy, annoying <laughs> pupil at school. Um, but I think it's definitely been a learning curve as I've grown up because especially the past like three years have been really full on mm-hmm. professionally and personally um like we've moved house twice we got a dog mm-hmm. we got married like we, we don't do things by ourselves. <laughs> no. and so that alongside run not just running the business but growing the business mm-hmm. has been really difficult and I feel like every step that came along we had to learn or I personally had to learn how to do things a little bit differently and adapt so it was kind of like okay we get a dog how does that change she'll need walking how Mm -hmm. do my routines change around that and then it's going to be a learning curve again because one of the things that me and Tom are thinking of doing this year is starting a family at some point not yet (laughs) (laughs) at some point and that's going to be a brand new learning curve and I think it can be like I know a lot of people find change quite scary and it can be scary but I think it's having that balance of being strict enough with your routines and your boundaries but also being flexible and adaptable to when change comes your way Mm -hmm. because life happens you know we're we're humans at the end of the day before we are a business owner and so it's really kind of taking it in your stride almost and thinking how can I stick to my routines but adapt them to what's coming up in your life and I'm a big believer as well to always be a student like I don't think Mm -hmm. you can ever be an expert in something because there's always more to learn so I'm constantly trying to develop my habits and pass those on to my clients and like members of my community so they can achieve the same success as well. Mm -hmm. So for those listeners who perhaps wouldn't consider themselves a productive person or good at managing their own time, what top tips would you share that they can start implementing into their daily routine? Oh, I love this one. (laughs) So I, I kind of want to like preface this by saying, I don't feel like you need a lot of things. So a lot of people say, you know, 25 ways to be more productive and I just think if you've got a few ways that you know really work for you and you maximize on that, that's probably the best way to be. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't think you necessarily have to be a productive person in order to be productive. I get that some people are probably listening to this like, you know, I am the least productive person ever. And I totally get that. Hmm. Um, But I think the first thing I would say is not even necessarily knowing when you are most productive, but knowing how and when you work best. Mm -hmm. So you know, when are you your best self? When are you at your, you know, your highest functioning state? Are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Even things like, you know, where do you work best? And like, what do you have to be dressed like? So for me, for example, I find that if I'm, you know, I've done my hair and my makeup, I've got dressed, I'm in my office, I am so much more productive than if I just stay in my pyjamas on the sofa. Yeah, I'm less likely to get stuff done in that case. So it's things like that. And when I first went full, uh, full time with my business, I remember that I thought I'm going to stick to the nine to five lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to work nine to five and then stop. And then I was like, why am I forcing myself to fit into this box when I started this business to have that freedom? Yeah. And so now I've changed that and I get up, I work for two hours, Mm -hmm. I go to the gym and it's so much better. Like I'm not forcing myself to go out at half six in the morning. Like the amount of work I get done from what, seven till nine Mm -hmm. is so powerful and if I'm focusing on a really important task or I know I've had a call with a client, I can then take that break in my day and be like, I've smashed this task. I can have this break now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really important. So that'd be my first thing is just being a bit more mindful of how and when you work best. Do you work best in your house? Do you need to get out of the house, like a co-working space, for example, mm-hmm. different things like that. The other thing I would say, and this is going to sound so cliche, (laughs) is to have some sort of a morning routine. Mm -hmm. And I know that's a bit of a buzzword now. And a lot of people can make it out to be this massive fancy thing with meditation and yoga and all. And that's if that's you, that's totally fine. You roll with that. But it can be something as simple as, you know, making a brew, writing down what you're grateful for, mm-hmm. and that's it. But I find that having that one thing that you do in the morning that just keeps you grounded really sets you up for success for the rest of the day. Like the morning to me is so exciting because I know if I get in that state in my morning routine, then I know the rest of the day is going to be successful mm-hmm. because of the things that I've got in my routine. And a big part of that as well, I think, is. So not to get too scientific, but we only have a certain amount of cognitive energy available, which basically means we can only make a certain amount of decisions throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And so if you're starting your day deciding what you're going to wear, what you're going to make for lunch, what you're going to make for your dinner, that means any other important decisions that you need to make, you'll be less likely to make. So people like Mark Zuckerberg, Steve Jobs, they wore the same thing to work mm-hmm. every single day <laughs> because they knew they wouldn't, they'd have time then to make other decisions. Yeah. And so that's the thing for me. And that's another thing I would say is that really your morning routine or your routine start the night before yeah so every night I take time to plan my outfit for the next day I know what I'm having for my lunch every day I know what I'm making for my tea I know what time I'm doing things and so then I can just get up the next day and know that the day is planned Mm -hmm. and I think that's so so important and then going on from like planning things the night before a really good kind of task management system is the Ivy Lee method so this is created by a guy called Ivy Lee Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know (laughs) and basically what you do is instead of planning on the morning you plan the night before and you basically say right what are the top however number of things you want to get done the next day and the number itself doesn't matter so you could pick three four five that doesn't matter what matters is the fact that you are putting a limit on how many tasks you are going to get done. Mm -hmm. And so then you would say, okay, so I'm going to order these in order of importance from one to four. 
And then the next day you would start the list, you would do task one. You don't move on to task two until you've done task one. You do task two, you don't move on to task three. And then by the end of the day, if you've accomplished them all, amazing. Mm-hmm. if you've not they roll over to the next day okay and so I really like that method but I and this will annoy some people <laughs> I don't believe in a to-do list mm-hmm. by itself I think it is not an efficient way of working because I truly believe that if you want to make what matters in your life and in your business happen you need to be aware of the time it takes for you to make it happen Mm -hmm. and so taking that upper level is then allocating your tasks into chunks of time which is essentially time blocking people get very confused I think it's made again to be this massive hoo-ha of a thing time blocking calendar blocking they're the same thing it's just the calendar aspect like if you want to use that that's fine but taking it up a notch is then saying, you know, because if you if you have four tasks on your list and one of them is get a blog post ready for tomorrow and that takes you three quarters of the day, you're going to feel so guilty for not accomplishing the rest on your list. But it's because you didn't allocate it that time mm-hmm. to get it done. And so that's kind of the biggest thing is to just really look at your to-do list differently. Yeah. And just even something as simple as if you've not done it before, track your time. Mm-hmm. It is eye-opening. Yeah, definitely. I was about to ask that because I think that's one of the main stumbling blocks that people could probably come across in that, well, I don't know how long that task is going to take. So yeah. by the time I figured it out, I could have just done it. The work that goes into calendar management and time blocking, obviously there is some work behind it. Yes. to get to a point where it's efficient but it's mm. worth putting that time and effort into it yeah because of what you get out of it oh yeah even if you know you want to get into this you know the time blocking habit I would just say so I would say from a Monday to a Friday just track the tasks that you do in your business mm-hmm. and just see how long they take because you will get to know how long certain things take you and then the best thing to do is always, I whenever I'm time blocking on my calendar, I always overestimate how yeah. long things are going to take because then you might say, right, I'm going to write a blog post in two hours. And then if it takes you an hour and a half, you get half an hour back. Mm-hmm. And that is so powerful. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that I definitely need to work on. And not necessarily, I do at the moment, put my tasks into a calendar but it's sticking to it which is my Mm. difficult part because I think it's so easy to just look at it and be like okay that's a rough guide for the day but then if I'm not stringent with it then yeah it can kind of all crumble (laughs) honestly every single client says that so honestly they'll say yeah I'm gonna do time blocking and then they look at it and they're like "Mm, but yeah I don't have to Mm -hmm. And so it's really, it's very much to do with your mindset as well. And it's being a lot more mindful. So it's kind of saying, okay, so you wouldn't miss a dentist appointment Mm -hmm. or a doctor's appointment. So would you miss an appointment with yourself? Yeah, exactly. It's because you're the accountable person and Mm -hmm. you're the easiest person to kind of dismiss in that way. Because if it was something, if it was client work or a client meeting, you'd obviously be on task and on track with what you're doing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. I think I need to... uh, bump myself up the priority list in that way yeah definitely (laughs) so you're the absolute queen of content creation and I'm sure a lot of people are in awe about the amount of content that you put out there do you want to talk us through your system to kind of simplify content creation yes I would love to I love talking about this (laughs) because I see so many people get lost with it and overcomplicate it and I know as well that a lot of people and most business owners that I kind of speak to do enjoy creating content. And that's why it makes me feel really sad when it's such a chore and a struggle for them. Yeah. Because yes, obviously the client work has to come first. You know, that's why you do what you do, but the content is just as important. And so a big mistake that I see people make is that they well, first of all, they try and be everywhere all at once Mm -hmm. without thinking about the purpose behind it. And also that they try and create new, unique content for every single platform. Like they are starting from a blank slate every single time. Mm -hmm. And that is such a 
it's a time waster because, and this is kind of what I believe. So my content creation system is based around repurposing and repackaging. And I think the biggest thing, first of all, I would say is, and this all kind of relates to like, I like to think of it as a reverse pyramid model. So I'll kind of outline it first and then like talk through each section. So it's thinking our very top level are your pillars. So your content pillars form the foundation of your brand, of your business. They are the things that you talk about every single day, every single week, the values that you uphold yourself with. And that means that if you are ever having one of those days where you're thinking, what can I write about today? What can I show up and talk about on stories? What can I create an Instagram post about? You are never starting from a blank slate because you have those pillars. Mm -hmm. So you could look at your feed and think, what have I not talked about in a while? Which of these pillars or values have I not talked about? So for me, my pillars are content creation, social media, business, and then productivity and mindset. And Mm -hmm. they form the essence of everything I talk about which I think is so so important and then that kind of funnels down then into the rest of the content that you would create so I always think about it in terms of like macro and micro so the macro content is the big piece of content that you would create ideally on a weekly basis so you know for people like me and you it's our podcasts it could be just a weekly blog post it could be a youtube video but you have that as the main content focus for the week that's like the theme for your week Mm -hmm. and then your micro content is your social platforms and essentially you could think of it as your micro content is derived from that weekly piece of pillar content so one thing I always get from people when I talk about this is they always say you know Holly people are going to know, people are going to see like I'm saying the same thing everywhere, people are going to know I'm just copying stuff and I get that but that's why a big mistake people make with repurposing is just that they take the same thing and post it everywhere Yeah. but really you've got to know and you'll know this from working in social media, you've got to customise it to suit each platform Mm -hmm. and it doesn't take as much work as people might think it's just packaging it in a way that suits each platform more effectively because what works on Facebook doesn't work on Instagram Mm -hmm. etc etc and so really I think as well it's thinking how can you How can you create these micro pieces of content in different ways, which is why having your weekly piece of content being a video or a podcast episode is so valuable because the amount of snippets you can take from that and turn into own one to two minute pieces of content is so, so powerful. And it's taking things like, you know, say my theme for the week was time blocking. So I could do on a Monday on Instagram, I could say, Uh, three tips to get started with time blocking straight away and then Tuesday could be this is this is the huge transformation that time blocking has done to my life so I've gone from an educational piece to a more personal story piece and then Wednesday could be this is why I think the to-do list is a load of rubbish which is very polarizing Mm -hmm. so it's thinking about that you could take one topic and talk about it in so many different ways But I really do think it comes back to your pillars and really knowing that. So essentially, I would decide on your pillars, Mm -hmm. decide what macro content you want to create. So where you want to create that main piece of weekly content and then where do you want to show up in terms of your social channels? And I would say you don't need to pick everywhere. You don't need to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. I would really try and hone in on one platform And then as you grow, add more platforms on. But I would say that one of them should be search-based, should Mm -hmm. be search-friendly. So things like Pinterest or SEO, because I love social. I love Instagram, but it is rented land. It's kind of what I like to call it. And it's not good to put all your eggs in one basket, for want of a better phrase. And Mm -hmm. so... I do think definitely having, you know, focusing your energy. And that's why I focus on things like, you know, without adding more to your schedule, because if you focus on the search friendly platforms, 
people can find you they can't necessarily find you on Instagram as easily so Mm -hmm. it's thinking about it from that perspective as well yeah definitely because it can be very overwhelming seeing if you're just starting out you've not got a presence on any platform Mm -hmm. you've maybe just started up a website or a blog and seeing all of these different platforms and people with established audiences it can be super overwhelming so Mm. yeah really good advice to just pick a couple to start off with yeah and that's all you really need like Mm -hmm. I don't think you need more than that I know Mm -hmm. it looks like you know it looks like a lot of people are everywhere but you know and I know it looks like I'm everywhere I get that it looks that way but you know I had my blog for five years before I started a podcast. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to, you know, and I only really started dabbling into IGTV probably last year in 2019. Mm -hmm. So really find your feet with, and also with that, I would say, obviously it's got to be based on where you think your audience is. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, one of my clients, for example, she wants to start either a podcast or a YouTube channel and based on her audience who are busy nine to five as they don't have a lot of time, a podcast is her choice because you can listen to it on the go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd really pick it based on that, but also based on where you think you thrive the most. Yeah. If you're going to do well in front of the camera, do video. If you want to be behind a mic and talk about your zone of genius, do that. So mm-hmm. there's those pieces to it as well. As a coach, what are some of the most common barriers you witness your clients coming up against when it comes to productivity and working efficiently? Ooh, definitely imposter syndrome, I would say, is the biggest. Oh, really? Definitely, which is, I find quite surprising as well, Mm. but it's definitely the biggest. In the first call I have with every single client, I end up giving them this imposter syndrome exercise that Mm -hmm. they go through and they just keep for themselves because it's a massive thing. And I think the first step to overcoming that is really figuring out when it comes up for you. So I know for me personally, it comes up for me when I either spend too much time on social media. Mm -hmm. Yep. Or when I'm doing something new or going into a launch for something, it really comes up for me then. And so the way I combat that is essentially by silencing anyone who could even remotely be a competitor. Like I don't look at them. So if I'm in launch week and I need to engage on Instagram, which is obviously important, I engage with my clients Mm -hmm. and I engage with the people who engage with me. I don't even engage with my coach because... I need to not see that kind of stuff. And so I think that's the biggest thing. But yeah, a lot of people think they're on their own when it comes to imposter syndrome. It happens to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think the bad news is that I don't think it ever fully goes away, but you can get better at dealing with it. Yeah, definitely. I would say another one is perfectionism. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so big for so many people and everyone waits for the perfect time to start and I've got to have this perfect equipment my website's got to look this way and it doesn't Mm -hmm. the best way that you can just do something is to just start and then I always say like why would you want to be perfect anyway like it's more fun to like we were saying like go through the trenches make mistakes learn from your mistakes and Mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of people see making mistakes as failure but I don't think there's there's no such thing as failure when you can learn from something. Yeah. So I think that's really powerful to put into perspective. And then another big thing I would say, which happens to every single one of my clients when I start working with them is they don't know where to focus their time. And they are constantly, and I bet a lot of people listening to this can relate, but they're constantly stuck in this spiral of they want to do all these things. And so they start doing all these things. And then they realize they can't do all of these things. So they get super, super overwhelmed that leads them to not take action at all and mm-hmm. then they start all over again yeah. and it's this constant circle and then adding overthinking in that which is another massive one but we all overthink and that's fine oh definitely mm-hmm. yeah especially when you work by yourself and you've not necessarily got anyone to bounce ideas off or like even just use as a sounding board exactly you can just replay things in your head can't you oh yeah like I just talk to my dog <laughs> I'm not gonna lie it's like 
low life what should I do (laughs) even and I know it sounds really silly but even just saying it out loud sometimes allows me I'm the type of person that I have to talk things through and sometimes I'll be on a call with a client and they'll say oh like what like what do you think about this I I know I'm overthinking it but what do you think about this and I'll say right go on explain it to me Mm -hmm. and they'll start talking and they'll have a question and then you can hear them just start to talk out their thoughts and then they'll answer the question for themselves anyway. (laughs) So it's just, even just, even if you're just at home now by yourself, even just talking out loud to yourself Mm -hmm. is much better than keeping it all in your head. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's a good tip actually. I've never thought about that. Mm. (laughs) So alongside sharing amazing business and productivity advice online, you're also a massive advocate for mindset work. Do you want to talk a little bit about some of the healthy habits you've implemented into your daily routine and why mindset is such an important focus within your coaching program? Yes. And a couple of years ago, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably in 2018, Mm -hmm. I did no mindset work. Okay. And it's become a lot more important to me as I've grown and, you know, realized my priorities. And I think especially you know, moving into the home we're in now, which is our forever home and just thinking big picture, it does put a lot of things into perspective. So I know I talked about my morning routine, um, but a lot of my mindset work happens in that morning routine. So usually I will write out, I'll do freehand, it's something called morning pages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So basically what I do is I write freehand for three pages, Mm -hmm. whatever comes into my head. And when I first read about this, I've known about it for a while and I haven't done it because I've just thought, it sounds a little, mm, <laughs> I don't really know. And then I started it at the start of this year and it's unbelievable. Really? It's a game changer. Oh, wow. Honestly, some days, I'd say it's only a couple of days I've sat there just writing, I don't know what to write about today. I want to go back to bed, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But most days, if you want to have like, if something happened or you had a bad dream or there's something on your mind, just getting it out, getting it all out on paper clears you up so much for the rest of the day. Honestly, I could not recommend that mm-hmm. enough. If I could do anything in my morning routine, it would 100% be that more oh, than amazing. anything. So is it the fact that it refocuses you or does it sometimes like spur on new ideas that or things that were floating around in your head that you didn't even realize maybe definitely I would say a mixture definitely new ideas because it's Mm -hmm. almost like you're thinking you know I think like the other day I wrote down I need to do xyz today and then you start thinking about it and because it's like you're thinking about it but you're not yeah it's just letting it flow it it just it brings out so much and then it's also because like for example if you just need a good rant you can Mm -hmm. just rant on paper and it just frees up so much mental space yeah so definitely morning pages is something I would highly recommend I also write down my goals every single morning but I write them down as if I have already accomplished them so not saying I want to do this but I have achieved this I do this so like one of the things that I, I want to do this year is hire my first team member. Mm-hmm. So I say like, um, you know, I have started to grow the a branch of Holly team, for example, like it's already happened. And then I write down a list of what I'm grateful for, mm-hmm. which I think is so important. So that's essentially what happens in my morning routine. But then a few other things are um, taking the dog out for a walk, which I think is so important. And even if you don't have a dog, like one of my clients this year, I can think of in particular, she started adding a daily walk into her routine and she gets up, she gets ready, she has a breakfast she goes out for a walk and then she starts work and she says it's been transformational Mm -hmm. for 20 minutes and then she comes back and she's so focused to just crack on with work that's amazing because it is that differentiation isn't it between home and work life like it's so hard to just switch a button and go between the two Mm. and it's funny actually how many people miss having a commute yes I feel like that's so big. I personally don't miss it. Mm-hmm. I can kind of switch from, you know, 
loading the dishwasher to going upstairs into my office and cracking on. Yeah. But I know for that client, and then there's another one in particular, she really found it difficult. So she's actually works in part of an office space now. So she still has that commute and she's so much more productive. So I think it's things like that. And then one of the biggest things for me is sleep. Mm -hmm. I am a big fan of sleep. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. If I don't, honestly, if I don't get my seven to eight hours, I am cranky. (laughs) Same, same. I need my sleep. And so that for me is why my morning routine always starts the night before. Mm -hmm. Whenever I plan my day, I say, well, what time do I want to get up? What time does that mean I need to go to bed? And for me, a big distinction that I've made over the past few months is what time I go to bed is different to what time I go to sleep. And so now I don't sleep with my phone in my room. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are going to think I'm crazy, but my phone lives in my office overnight. I set my alarm. And so when the alarm goes off, I have to get out of bed and go to my office to turn it off. That's a great tip, actually. It's so good. Yeah, at the moment we have a radio alarm. Oh, right, old school. We can't, yeah, we just do it on Alexa, but we can't get like Radio 1 or anything. So we picked Smooth FM, which is not good to wake up to because it's just so calming. I mean, I love Smooth, but it's like, it's too relaxing. Like it's not enough of an inconvenience for me to turn it off. Like I'm happy just to like- Oh, this is nice. Yeah, I'm just going to snooze. Just snooze through it. So yeah, I definitely need to- um, start doing something different that's a good tip (laughs) it's a big step but you know you could start off with something as simple as just putting it opposite like just not next to you essentially but it does take a lot of discipline and Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing with productivity is that it's not essentially about being productive but I really do believe productivity habits come from being disciplined and being consistent more than being productive oh massively because it's so easy to if you don't have to get up at that time technically Mm. you could get up whenever yeah you don't have to be up at six but you're choosing to be because you know that's when you're most productive and you want to be able to get in the morning routine exactly yeah that you are dependable just on you so yeah it is a big ass Mm -hmm. I think you've definitely got to have a bit about you in order to do it but it does develop over time like I've only started doing that this year Mm -hmm. you know I'm not saying I'm an expert at it this morning I was very very tempted to hit snooze because it was cold I like huddle out of bed in my dressing I'm like oh I'll turn the alarm off (laughs) yeah I'm gonna give that one a go I'll let you know how it yes get on with it (laughs) like Holly this is such a bad idea So as you spoke about earlier, 2019 was a pretty big year for you (laughs) in terms of moving house, getting married, alongside selling out a one-to-one coaching program and launching the Busy to Boss Academy. So Mm. a lot. Yes. (laughs) Do you implement the same kind of productivity hacks into your personal life as you do your business life? I try. I will definitely hold my hands up and say that it is... I am much more productive with the business. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I try my best and the foundations, um, there are certain things I do, but I am much more productive with the business. Like Mm -hmm. I have like my bedside table and my bedside table drawer is atrociously (laughs) untidy. Sometimes my wardrobe can get out of hand. Like I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm so organized with the business that I kind of want to be a little bit less organized with my life. (laughs) But, you know, we have a calendar, so we know what's coming up. Um, I think the biggest thing in terms of personal life is communication. Mm -hmm. So, you know, me and Tom, we sit down every weekend and say, what's coming up next week? Holly, when have you got late calls? Tom, are you late any night? Who's going to walk the dog? All of those moving pieces, I think it's just good to communicate so you're all on the same page. Mm -hmm. And then to not worry about asking for help as well. So like my mum comes around once a week just so I can hold myself up in my office and get some work done. And that's so, so helpful. Um, But like last year, I think with the wedding, I remember it got to a point last year where... I was trying to hold up the business and the wedding on the same pedestal. Mm -hmm. And it was getting to a point where I was like, if I don't let something go, I'm going to be like ill for my wedding day. And I was like, this this is the one time I get to have a wedding, Mm -hmm. ideally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I want to enjoy it. And so I parked 
everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't create any new content, didn't take on any new clients. And I think the best thing about it was I was okay with that. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. And I know it's huge, like the guilt we feel when we're not working on our business. But honestly, stepping away from that is so important because I always find you come back so much stronger. So mm-hmm. there are things I try and do. Like last year, we were very bad at sending birthday cards, like <laughs> awful. So we are trying to be a lot better now. And, you know, like we have weekly check-ins, plan ahead in terms of like our weekends. But mm-hmm. then we're not afraid to be like spontaneous as well. Yeah, that's good. And mm. what does a off work weekend look like for you? Oh, so I'm very much a home bird. I don't need to do anything mega, mega fancy. Mm -hmm. So it's things like, you know, this weekend, for example, we're going to go to like this farm shop and have like afternoon tea. And I love taking the dog for a walk when it's not raining. Yeah, hopefully (laughs) you might have a break in the rain. I know. Um, Movie nights. I love curling up with a magazine. Just very simple. I don't Mm -hmm. need any, you know, I love a good shopping trip. Not going to (laughs) lie. But when I'm so on it with calls and you know sometimes I'll have you know go to workshops or meet clients in person a weekend at home to enjoy home without working I find so valuable I appreciate that so much Mm -hmm. that was one of the difficult things I felt like actually when we bought our house and Mm. I was just very aware of that I didn't want it to be this is just where I work I wanted it to be this is a house that I love And I happen to just work in it as well. So trying to make some kind of boundaries with having Mm. an office or not working from the sofa or not working from bed and just having that one kind of contained room Mm. has definitely helped with that. Yeah, because I used to work downstairs in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it was because of Lola that I just thought, oh, well, she's just downstairs. Yeah. But I found I got... I got very distracted. I'd make more brews. I'd mm-hmm. waste more time. And now I have my dedicated space in my office and I've made it look like how I want it to look. It's so inspirational. Yeah. And now Lola just sleeps upstairs with me. Like it <laughs> didn't matter, but I agree. Like having a dedicated space and setting those boundaries. Like for mm-hmm. me now, I am very strict that there is no working on the sofa. Yes. That's a big boundary for me because mm-hmm. I just know I'm I'm not productive well, no but it can be so tempting sometimes but yeah you just yeah. need to know well I could get that done in half an hour if I did yeah, it in, so much quicker. in the office as opposed to an hour and a half if I'm sat on the sofa watching friends at the same time <laughs> yeah. it's what would usually happen yeah same <laughs> So with such a busy 2019, can you share anything exciting that you're working towards this year? So 2020 for me is all about kind of, it's my personal and professional life are kind of coming together. So my goals are all very related this year in terms of personal and professional. Mm -hmm. And that links to essentially the fact that Tom and I do want to start a family, as I said before. And currently my business cannot run without me showing up so much for it. And that is something that I'm working on. So I'm working on really streamlining the business, making it more sustainable, making it more scalable, focusing on creating, turning my products and offers into more evergreen products rather than live launching all the time, Mm -hmm. which I do enjoy, but it is a lot. And just making sure that I am in my best mental and physical state this year. Um, That's a big thing for me. And then making sure the business is ready. So I want to hire, start, you know, building a team under a branch of Holly Mm -hmm. and just setting up funnels. So it just can run consistently, but without me needing to be, I still want to be front facing, but without me needing, I could take a few weeks off, for example, Mm -hmm. and know that it's still going to function and not fall apart without me being there, which is a worry. Oh yeah. And it is a big, scary step. It's very different to anything that I've been doing before, but I'm just kind of going at it with an open mind. Um, I'm just going to do what's best for me and the business and just keep my values. And I think if I just stay grounded with that, then it should be fine. (laughs) Very exciting year ahead then. Yes, fingers crossed. (laughs) So finally, the question that I'm asking everyone, if location wasn't an obstacle, which three fellow business owners would you like to be in your co-working club? I love this question. (laughs) I had to think really hard about this. It is tricky. There's so many. There's so many people (laughs) I could pick, honestly. 
Um, well, for a little outsider thing, I would love to have a co-working club with all of my clients. That yes. would be, I'm trying to arrange something where we can all meet up because it would be so that would good. Be great. You form relationships yeah. and friendships with them. So that would be one co-working club. <laughs> um, but for this co-working club, um, the first person I would say is Sunny Lenarduzzi. So she is big on YouTube marketing. Mm-hmm. But more than that, I feel like the energy that she brings to her community and to her content and just who she is, is so infectious. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say she really does represent her name. Like she, she's sunny. She's always so positive, so motivated. Like mm-hmm. she, I love watching her YouTube videos and I would just love to just, for her positivity to just radiate around the rooms like I'd love to see her in person another one I would say is Kat Horrocks who I know you've had on the podcast Uh so I've known Kat for quite a while and she actually did my makeup for my wedding day which was so nice for her to be a part of that but we one reason is because we get on so well Mm -hmm. and we always have a good laugh we're very similar people but I feel like she's making a, such a big mark in her industry at the moment. And I love how she does what she does. I love what she talks about. I love that she's not afraid to talk about topics that aren't talked about as mm-hmm. much. And I feel like the people that she has on her podcast as well are so interesting and yeah. she could just share so much knowledge. So she's definitely another one I would have. Mm-hmm. And then the third one isn't really a business owner as such, but um, she's called Farah Store. I think that's how you pronounce her name. She was the editor of Cosmopolitan mm-hmm. and now she's the editor of LUK. So I, I, my dream when I was 16, I was working for L. That was my goal. Um, and I still have such an obsession with magazines and the magazine, magazine industry. So I would honestly just love to pick her brain. I would mm-hmm. love to just see like, how has the industry changed? Because magazines have shut down. Like, how has it developed? How have you transition from these brands like I just think she's such a good female role model mm-hmm. so those would be my three nice, a nice <laughs> little group yeah <laughs> so to end you just want to let people know where they can find you online yes of course so as we've covered I'm essentially everywhere yeah. <laughs> so I love hanging out on Instagram so I'm at a branch of Holly on there and mm-hmm. um, I have a Facebook group which I'd love for people, anyone to join that's called the busy to boss communities so if you just search that you'll find it mm-hmm. and then to find all of my YouTube content my podcast blog it boss it radio and to find out more about working with me either in the academy or one-on-one you can head to a branch of Holly.com. exciting <laughs> well thank you very much for being a guest today oh, it's been a pleasure to talk all things productivity (gasps) yes now I'm feeling inspired to go and get my head down (laughs) go plan your week yes (laughs) I will do thank you thank you if you enjoy this podcast please do subscribe so you keep up to date with all of future episodes and if you could possibly leave a review it would really help us in this early stage of launching the podcast thank you so much for listening and I will see you back here next Monday